Listen, this is a surprise for you guys right now. I'm dropping a course on the Tome app called The Scandalous Scriptures of Christmas. It's free to you as a gift. I love you guys. What are the loud voices drowning out your peace? What are some of the things that come around during the holiday season that make you forget the Prince of Peace? What do you need to set your mind on to know and to understand, to fully rest in the fact that you have a Savior and that He is willing and able to bring you peace in some of the most uncertain times in your life? about enough that you've shown me. You've shown me meekness and humility. And I can stand here and say that I, at the end of my race, want to stand in the level of meekness. That's power under control. To transition a thriving church to somebody else named him. <laughs> like, you gonna get some of your credit just because he's right. <laughs> Humility to stand and stay and represent the kingdom to all of us. I want to say, sir, you're challenging the whole body of Christ. And today, as a room, I think we should just take a moment and honor the man and woman of God. to the basement ladies and gentlemen i am your host tim ross listen i am so grateful to be here before we get started i want to shout out our pon our sponsor our sponsor yo i'm gonna tell you why i said sponsor in a minute but i'm gonna shout out our sponsor tome come home with tome download the app if you want to grow your biblical iq if you want to be the type of believer that understands this book come home with tome Yo, okay, so um, I also want to shout out every single one of our basement dwellers, every single one of our basement promoters. What, what, are, what, what are all the three names? It's 
we got dwellers, we got promoters. We got press beers. And we got press beers. Yes, yes. yes. Press beers. I like that. The beers, the dwellers, and the promoters. What's up, y'all? Thank you so much. Like, the fact that you would give uh, so that we can have resources to make this podcast happen, yo, I'm not sleeping on you. Like, thank you so much. We could not do what we are doing without you. So salute to my beers, salute to my dwellers, and salute to my promoters. We need to make sure we put a salute, like some kind of salute gift for every like, because I like what you did when you like, like make sure that's in there. Every time I salute, just make sure no matter how many times I salute, I just want I just want I just made you work so much harder than you ever wanted to work, Sammy. But every time I say salute, it's just going to be there. Sammy's going to make sure if I say salute 52 times, it's just going to be there. Like It's going to be dope. All right. So I just gave you like 15 salutes. I see it in my head happening every single time now. Oh, it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah that's no, right. It's going to happen gonna every single every time. Every single time. All right, so um, salute. <laughs> I just want to. I, the, because I can visualize post. So I literally see it happening, and it's just tickling me that it's there every single time. All right, so, um, uh, yo, I just got back from six legs of travel. And, um, uh, yeah, I'm, that's why I said poncer and I didn't want to edit it because when you're tired, you know what I mean? Your brain just, you heard it in your head, but then you opened your mouth and it didn't come out right. So, um, this is why we pray before every podcast because who knows what we're about to get into, what we're about to say. Um, but no, I went to, um, I went to Nashville and then I went to Houston, and oh, well, here's how it went. I went Na I went Dallas to Nashville, Nashville back to Dallas, recorded something uh, with Robert Morris, and then went Dallas to Houston, and then went Houston to Dallas, and came home to my fine wife. Um, oh, she looked so hot when I came home. Homie just had on a sweater. That's it. Jesus, Lord, have mercy on my entire soul. Let me tell you something. 23 years, I don't know how she accomplished getting finer in 23 years. But, like, my wife is Felicia Rashad. I mean, she is, like, she just gets more beautiful with age. She is, like, the best wine right now like yeah and i get to drink it so there's that <sighs> good lord i need to go home anyway um but yo i'm here and um let me just say something first about uh belonging co alex and henry seeley my australian people that i just love like there's a move of god happening in nashville they they have I can't even like I can't even call them the Avengers. They are like they they are a nuclear bomb for musicians and creatives that have no hope. Like God gave them 
a beautiful word out of Second Kings about cleansing the water. And so their whole desire is to just bring cleansing water to Nashville so that people can drink and be healed. And no, it's my first time being there. Obviously, I've known about Belonging Co. for a while. It's my first time being there. Let me tell you something. They, I don't know how, I don't even know how they preach a sermon on weekends. Because so many creatives and 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 musicians that love Jesus, like 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 giving their life to Jesus. So I just imagine the worship if like a third of Nashville got saved. Like you take the best country singers, the best R and B singers, the best pop singers, right? You take the best country musicians, the best pop musicians, the best R and B musicians, the best hip hop musicians. Homie, it's it was nuclear. I was like, how does anybody preach here? Like the worship is crazy. Henry Seeley writes worship songs that are theologically correct. I'm just sitting there. Like I can't even sing the words because the words are so true. All I can do is read them and listen to them sing it. I was arrested by it. Like my I, like my breath was taken away. You know what I mean? Um th this is why this is why I don't want to rock with people that are done with the church. You know what I mean? That's why the deconstruction is, and I hope it's just a phase. I hope it's just like, my butt hurt, and uh, my feelings are hurt, and I just need to take four months off, but I'll be back, Jesus. I hope that's all it is, because if it is like this departure from church, like, no, I don't, I don't fool with the church no more. That's the stupidest. That's like getting food poisoning at a restaurant and then going, I ain't ever going to eat food again. I don't trust it. I'm going to cook my own food. You suck. You're not a chef. Your eggs are going to taste nasty for the rest of your life. You got the nastiest, blandest eggs ever because you threw up at IHOP. Just don't go to IHOP. But you ain't going to go to Original Pancake House? What? You're not going to Cracker Barrel? <laughs> when did you start seeing uh, that unfold with all the deconstructionists and it's virality. When did that like really kick in? Is it just America? Is it global? How do you see it? No, uh, it's not global. And I'm gonna tell you why it's not global. Because uh, globally, believers in Jesus Christ don't have the luxury to depart from the church. It's freaking impossible. They'll be dead. Globally, you'll be hard pressed to find people that are not spirit filled, that believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know why? If they don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, they'll die. Globally, you got people getting their heads cut off for Jesus. You got people getting their churches blown up for Jesus. You got people whose wives and daughters are being raped because they believe in Jesus. And it's an intimidation tactic. They bring back their wives impregnated by Muslims. And guess what happens when those pregnant women come home to their Christian husbands? They keep the baby raise the baby to love Jesus, and pray for them to be evangelists to the Muslims that impregnated them. We ain't going through nothing out here. Like, like American Christianity is the most, is the most cush, relaxed, like, uh, I, don't, I don't feel like going anymore. It's just, uh, the pastor fell, I mean, God. 
Who can you trust? That's why I don't go to church, because they're not doing right. If they can't, who can? I'll just stay home. I'm not playing with that. So no, globally, the majority of people don't have the, they don't have the luxury to not love Jesus. They don't have the luxury to, to say, I won't be a part of a church community. It's their lifeline. It's the only, if they don't have, if they don't have the, the, the bonding of the Christian community, they will literally die. Can you imagine if in the book of Acts, which is longer than people think, we're talking pressing 30, 40 years. Can, can you imagine if, you know, when the apostles in Acts chapter number six said, hey, we, we can't help the Hellenistic Jews, like, get food. Like, we have to pray and we have to teach the word of God. Can you imagine if, like, those first century believers were like, I can't believe the apostles are not going to hand out the green beans. See, I knew these people were just in it for themselves. All they want to do is pray and teach. You know what? I'm done with the church. You know what would have happened if they would have walked away from community? They wouldn't have been believers in Jesus Christ within 12 months. So you, if you don't have the Christian community, you're not a part of the body. That, mean, that means you're a cancerous cell. And the only thing cancer can do is grow and metastasize and kill the body. So that's what's happening with deconstructionists. Deconstructionists that remove themselves from the body metastasize as a cancer. And if they try to in insert themselves back into the body, they'll just kill the whole church. So I'd rather they be out of the body so they can just die by themselves. And I know that sounds harsh, but whatever. Mother die. Um, okay, so you're kind of touching on this, but can you talk to us about delayed gratification a little bit? Yep. Um, I was watching your sermon from forever ago. Don't trip, it's coming. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, Stop uh, tripping, it's coming. Yeah. That thing got legs, man. Can I just say that real quick? I preached that sermon in 2009. Jokers be posting that thing like I did it yesterday. There's a dude who posted it. Si I, over 600,000 views. We don't know him. 600K. He's rolling in dough right now. Oh, no over way. that sermon. Oh, hey, has to. And I want to tell you, homeboy, whoever you are, I know Google has cut you some checks off that sermon alone. I hope you have been blessed. I hope you have prospered. Um, you put that thing on in 2009 when YouTube was like a little bit of a thing. You know what I mean? And you believed in that message so much that over 600,000 people have watched it on your channel. And um, just so you know, I've never reposted it uh, because you posted it first. And I'm glad you got the blessing. And I just want you to know I ain't mad at you. I hope God continues to bless you with it. And every time it like... Bubbles back up and you get another check, bro. Salute you. I love you. Thank you for putting it out there. No, I'm dead serious, bro. Like, oh, yeah, we got it. <laughs> yes. Oh, Sam's about to. Just name this episode Salute. And they'll get the point by the time we get into it. Um, yeah, but so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop tripping. It's coming. Delay gratification. Um, I, I just think w without having the mindset to embrace delayed gratification, one or two things happens. Um, you, you grab things before you were supposed to hold them or your heart gets sick because you don't hold it yet. And with delayed gratification, you just have the ability to say, 
I know that this is something I desire, but I don't need it now. Right? Like, like, um, take a single person for ex, for, for instance, that has a very healthy sex drive and wants to be married. Um, they have to exercise delayed gratification, right? They want to have sex, but they're a believer in Jesus Christ. And so based on that alone, they have to wait until they're married. If they don't exercise delayed gratification, they talk themselves into a cheaper version of a relationship to satisfy something that can be satisfied for the rest of their lives if they just wait. So if, if um, uh, when I was single, uh, before I met Juliet, I was dating this girl, and we were at um, my apartment, and um, we were kissing. We didn't get into, like, my hands didn't go anywhere, but I was macking her down. Okay, so it, it, was, it, was, it was some good kissing. It wasn't just, like, some pecs, right? Tongue, tongues were rolling, okay? Um, but our hands weren't going anywhere, but it was some passionate kissing. It was like, oh. This is great. And then so um, we stopped at one point and she was like, she was like, well, she was like, you're going to have to tell me when to stop. Because I'm just going to have to trust you on the boundary of when to stop. I broke up with her. No, not in that moment. But I knew when she said that, I had to break up with her. Or she was going to have my baby, and we weren't going to be married. I would have literally smashed. I would have been three more dates from smashing. I wouldn't have done it, like, the very next time. But in the back of my mind, old Timmy was like, fam, you know what this means. If she's saying, I don't know when to stop unless you tell me then it's after I ejaculate. It's just, this is just facts. I see too many single people that love Jesus play themselves into these sexual relationships. And let me just say, I'm not just talking about penis and vagina. I got it. I got it. It's 2022. Let me, let me, let me slow roll this. Okay. Any sexual activity outside of marriage is fornication. I'm tired of the technicality of, you know what I mean? Well, he didn't put his penis in my vagina. I didn't put my penis in her vagina, right? I put it in her butt. It's a whole thing, okay? Oh, we just have oral sex. Well, it was just my fingers. Oh, it was just a hand job. Oh, you, you know what I'm saying? Oh, we just grinded on each other until... Oh, we still had our clothes on. Stop, fam. Just, you are playing, you're not playing with fire. You're playing with a freaking volcano. Why would you do this to yourself, right? Now, I know it sounds, um, uh, I, I know this is going to land on some people as hypocritical because I'm married. Well, you married, you've been married for 23 years, so you're getting some. So, do you know how much I travel? Before you, get, before you get married, you have to delay the gratification of sex until you get in a relationship. When you get married, 
There's going to be so many seasons where you have to delay the gratification of sex as you travel, as she has kids, as there's a sickness, as there's all these different things that go on. Y'all argued, and so there hasn't been a connection in two and a half weeks. Is that going to – are you now justified? Well, I got to get it from somewhere. If you don't maintain that discipline now, you won't, main it, you won't maintain it later. So I know I just jumped straight on sex on, uh, as an example – but you can you can apply this to money. Of course, you can apply this to, you know, I feel like God's called me to preach. You ain't supposed to preach now. Just go to work on time. How about that? <laughs> God taught me more about ministry working at Gatorade than he did when I got my first youth pastor position, young adult pastor position. So delay gratification covers all aspects. Um, but I went sex, and so I guess somebody needed to hear that. I ain't taking it back. <laughs> Well, I think that's dope because I've talked with a lot of friends that, uh, you know, between 18 to 30 that have a spouse, they're married, but one of the biggest struggles is, I want to have sex, but she doesn't. Mm -hmm. So there, that's one lane. Then the yep. other lane is they had the baby. Mm -hmm. Then afterward, mm -hmm. postpartum depression. Oh, for sure. All the things. So yeah. in your life uh, with Juliet, yeah. how have you navigated through seasons as a man where you want to have sex? Yeah. And she's like, not right now. Yeah, not right now. Um, when? Schedule it. You're married. You scheduled those booty calls. You got amnesia that quick? You, now that you're married, you're 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 acting like you're acting like you don't remember what a hookup was. You remember how you did the hookup? You you communicated. You remember how you scheduled the beauty call? The booty call? You communicated. Can I come through at this time? Right? You remember, you remember that? If you, now, that's just for the people that were promiscuous. I know some people that were virgins until they were married. And where, whatever size you fall on, you have to schedule it. You're married now. Schedule the sex. Right? It ain't your honeymoon. It ain't passion. Roll over. Oh, God. Uh, right? You wake up in the morning. I ate two eggs. Oh, we about to do it again. You, you know what I'm saying? We were about to go to, down to the beach. But, oh, my God, that bikini. Pull it to the side. Uh, right? It's. That's all passion and, oh, we, over each, we are just all over each other. But that passion is supposed to make way. You are supposed to go from, from um, uh, dopamine connection to oxytocin connection. Uh, I have, my friend Jenna Mountain's a sex therapist. I cannot wait to have her on the pod. She's a beast. Um, but, but she talks about the fact that when you get married, you should, you should naturally get into this rhythm where it's no longer the roller coaster ride. Like the sex isn't just yeah, right. It it, it becomes um, uh, a gondola ride on an Italian canal, where we are just moving down this canal. I'm exploring every inch of your body. This is just about to be a beautiful day. You're gonna have an orgasm. I'm going to have an ejaculation. Our brains are going to let go of this dope chemical. We're going to feel bonded to each other. And then we're going to brunch. I'll see you on Thursday. You're breastfeeding kids. You're, you know what I mean? We're getting kids. We're both working and we've done 12 hour days and then come home and had to do we're in business together we have no kids and 
you go that way all day and you go this way all day. And when we plop in the bed, we're kind of tired. And I saw your nipple and it's really enticing, but I'm tired. You know what I mean? So have sex when you wake up. Most sex therapists say that 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 you're you're there's some level. I, I'm not a sex therapist, but there's some level that's really high in the morning. And and if you have sex in the morning, like get over your bad breath. Like you're over like stop it. Unless you just have like a dragon. <laughs> like if you're married, you should know what that poop smell like. You should know what that fart smell like. You should you should have walked in the bathroom right after they just released nuclear waste and just been like, oh, snap, is that what's on the inside of you, babe? Holy cow. I must really love you. You know what I mean? You should be used to that morning breath already. And so, again, away with the porn imagery of what sex is supposed to be in a marriage, away with the rom-com you know the romantic comedy where you you go to sleep cute and wake up cute you ain't got no makeup on first thing in the morning stop playing this is a movie fam you know what i mean and it's in in the rom-coms the 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 woman is usually hyper fem feminist and the guy is usually demasculated masculine and that's why it works and it's like no let this man be this man this woman be this woman and 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 figure out the rhythm of your own life. Figure out the rhythm of your own bodies. I know people that are married to each other, and God obviously made them compatible. They have sex like every quarter, and that's good for them. Like like it works for them. Neither one of them have super high sex drives, and so every quarter works for them. I know people that have super high sex drives, and they're married to somebody that doesn't. And the, and the person that doesn't is like, cool, all right, so I just don't need it as much as you do, but I'll give you the cat on Mondays and you cool with a hand on Thursday and you down if I just give you my mouth on Saturday? Like, and Christians won't talk about this, which is why you just got them acting out in all these crazy ways because you know what I'm saying? They won't talk about it, bro. And it's like, it's a major part of your life. And, and, and like you can go to a marriage conference and they won't talk about this. And if they talk about it, they talk about it so sheepishly that it's everybody's in there almost embarrassed by the person that's talking about it. They feel uncomfortable. And so, Everyone feels uncomfortable. Like, hey, hey, you know, when you, when you, when it's time to do the do, stop playing. Like, we're gonna talk in code at a marriage conference. We're having sex. We better be having sex. I think everybody wants to have sex, and if it's complicated, and women can have pelvic floor issues, and there can be vaginal dryness when a woman gets past menopause. There's stages of this, and so if we all treat it like the actors and actresses, then we have a misconception going into our own relationship. That my wife doesn't respond like a porn actress because the porn actress was paid to act. <laughs> I don't walk into my kitchen and my wife's doing dishes and I pop her on the button. She's like, oh, take it, daddy. I got two... I got one teenage boy, I got a preteen, and I got a mother-in-law. We don't get to have fantasy kitchen sex. It's not a thing. 
But we plan it, and it's bomb. I'm telling you right now, my <laughs> I got to drink some water on that one. Juliet is. Our sex life is 100, man. But we we plan it, and there's 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 no there there's no um, we plan it. It's safe. It's beautiful. It's it's not risky. It's not dangerous. Um, uh, I see other beautiful women. She sees other handsome men, and uh, when you notice an attractive person, you just say, "Oh, that person's gorgeous." Just glad I got I got my own at home. You know what I mean? I picked my I, I picked mine. Right? There's eight billion people in the world. I picked mine. And that's who I'm rocking with for the rest of my life. There is no like, woulda, coulda, shoulda, wish, oh my God, oh man, wish I coulda. I wish I would have met you first. Nah. I don't wish I would have met nobody first. Like Juliet is the one. I'm gonna have sex with her when I'm in my seventies. God willing. You know what I mean? Or I'm getting blue pills or something. Whatever it takes. I'm a I'm going to do her until I can't no more. And I hope when I can't, it's because I'm dead. So I hope I, just an- I hope I just answered all of that, dude. I can't imagine the type of clips that are going to come out of this. There, one. there are supplements for that. There's supplements for that. Yeah, there are um, supplements. Uh, okay, but you talked about picking. Yeah. You kind of brushed it over. Um, can we talk to the people that are struggling with picking? Mm. It feels like. I mean, even personally, sometimes it's immobilizing. It's like analysis paralysis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, how do you make the picking simple? Yeah, bro. Oh, that's a good question, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 um, we have overcomplicated a very simplistic thing, right? Um, people are complicated. Um, relationships, anybody you pick, there's going to be complications and nuances because you are two different people. But the process of picking should not be hard. There were, there were five girls that I liked at the same time. I wasn't dating them at the same time. I liked them at the same time. And I had different reasons for the reason why I liked them. One was, one was like really, really spiritual, and I really liked that about, about them. Uh, there was another girl. This girl had the best legs I've ever seen in my life. Call me simple. Call me whatever. I have never seen a woman with legs like this girl had. They, she, she was attractive, but those legs were like, right? Um, and this is another thing that we don't allow people to do in church. Because at all costs, as long as they love Jesus, that's, that's all it depends on. Not, okay, if that's you, God bless you. I, I need to look at this person that loves Jesus for the rest of my life. And so I need to be attracted to him. Now, if somebody comes by in a moment of hate-filled rage and throws acid on their face, guess what? I'm still in love with that person. So I'm not marrying for looks. But my attraction, yes, absolutely, is ba- a, a large percentage is going to be off looks. I w- also want to know what's in your brain, right? I care about all that as well. Um, but, but I think it's a, it's a um, here's where I think FOMO has messed up uh, Gen 
Z, and millennials. I think there's been a paralysis, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there's a paralysis in uh, people connecting with a potential partner because they think there's a better thing coming. That's what I've seen. And so it's like, yeah, I'm dating this person, but they don't check all the boxes. Well, we had somebody on that said they checked all the boxes and it still wasn't, it still wasn't the right one. So, so, so Juliet didn't check all my boxes. She checked it. She checked a lot of them. I know I didn't check all of her boxes. She liked like well physically defined, like pecs needed to be like, you know what I mean? And biceps needed to be all of that. And I'm a skinny dude. You know what I mean? Now I eat right. And if I started, if I started working out right now, I would have a six pack in three and a half months. Like I don't have a lot of body fat to shed off and all that kind of stuff, but I'd rather be able to shoot somebody who's messing with my wife than to walk around looking like, I don't, I don't have time to fight nobody. You step to me. It's going to be two to the sternum, one to the head, and then I'm going to I'm have to deal with whatever happens after that. So I'm not, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not fighting nobody. I don't feel like fighting nobody. So it's not the way I'm set up. So uh, uh, I, 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 think that, I think that FOMO plays a part, and people, are, it's always like, uh, maybe there might be somebody better. Instead of going, this person's beautiful to me. This person, I vibe with this person. I connect with this person. Um, and then here's the thing. I always tell people this that go into um, uh, premarital. You have to marry. First of all, that has to be on your mind. Let me say that. Let me slow down because there's an assumption that everybody wants to marry. And everybody don't want to marry. Everybody, but, but most people just don't want to be alone. And so you have perpetual daters. Right. It ain't it ain't about I can't find the right one. You keep finding the right ones. But when it gets to like real strong commitment and this is not just men, this is women as well. When it's time to commit ma, you like nah, just not ready. Right. Track shoes get on jogging suit and they out the door. Right. So. So this is this assumes I'm answering this question, assuming that 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 you want to get married. And if you want to get married, then it's like you, the, the, the bottom line that I tell people is everybody crazy. You just have to marry the crazy that you can live with for the rest of your life. That, that's, that's what you're trying to do. You're, you're, you're not, you shouldn't be having a FOMO of there might be somebody prettier coming with more money coming with better features coming with, Whatever coming, it, it should be, man, I really rock with this person. And once I lock in, I mean, I'm, I saw Juliet, I'm like, yeah, that's it for me. I, I, know that, I know that the manufacturer is making new models every day, right? But this is the one, this is the one I'm selling down with. I want this, this, this model that came from the Caribbean, half Jamaican, half Bahamian. I'm, I'm selling down with this model, and this is who I'm rocking with for the rest of my life, right? You, I'm going to always see somebody that's pretty like her and, and got different features, you know, from different cultures. and ethnic. I'm from Cali, so everybody fine. You know what I mean? I, I, if I lived in Cali, I'd be married to a Filipino right now. I'm telling you that right now. Yeah, no, no. I, I'd be, if I never left California, I'd be married to a Filipino. Juliet knows that. <laughs> 
and she's not. And I don't regret that. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's not like, oh, man, if I'd stayed in Cali, I'd have had me a, a fine Filipina. No, it's just the truth. I would have been married to a Filipina, a Vietnamese. I'd have been married to an Asian woman, point blank, period, right? Um, but I moved to Texas, and I'm married to a Caribbean, right? So, so, so um, uh, let, me, let me put something else on that, a little more meat on that bone. I have a friend um, who uh, will remain nameless, but he told me uh, – he, he's African-American, his, his wife is white. And, and he said, yo, bro, I guess, you know, if I'd have lived down there near you, I'd, have, I'd be married to a black chick. But this, these were the fish that was in my pond. When I went fishing, you know what I'm saying? Trout was in this part of the, you, you know what I mean? Like, I, I guess I, I would have liked some bass if I was around some bass, but the only thing that was in this this part of the water was trout. And so I pulled up some trout. So I, I just think um, that's a factor. Here's the other factor. Uh, I think so many more men and women would be married if they gave themselves permission to date outside their race. Ooh. I'm about to get. Ooh. Y'all, go ahead and warm your thumbs up. Comment section, get ready, and go. Go ahead and put your stupidest remark in the comment section now. Put your snarkiest remark in the comment section now. Put your black power comment. Put, put, your, put your La Raza comment in the, whatever you think, you know. I, I just think a lot more people would be married if they gave themselves permission to to date outside their race and not care what their parents thought. I think a lot more people would be married. Oh, so, so, no, go ahead. Earlier you talked about how you were dating a girl mm -hmm. and she told you you have to stop her yeah. before y'all go too far. Yeah. If y'all did go too far and had sex, yeah. do you think that relationship is fixable? Or oh, absolutely. y'all just have to call it a quits? No, no, no. It is fixable. I've seen a lot of people that have, um, you know, they, they lived in fornication for a season, but they realized that we, we love each other and we, we, we got to get right. We got to get married. And, and I've seen that those relationships last. I just knew for me, dude, before I, got, before I gave my life to Jesus, I was promiscuous. I was promiscuous, okay? I was out there, okay? I was out there. So he, he, I'm, I'm, I wanna, I'm so glad you brought that back up, Trayvon, because I want to give my context um, um, because this is not everybody's context. Because I was so highly promiscuous, in my mind, the reason why I needed to break up with her is because if I would have had sex with her before we were married, I wouldn't have married her. I would have categorically put her in the same position of every other female I slept with. That's just me. That's just me. I'd have been like, you are now another one. I did not have sex with Juliet until the day after we got married. Not the night of, the day after. We partied so hard <laughs> at our reception. We, were, we turned up so hard. We were the last ones on the dance floor. And we got up to the room, and that girl got in that bed, and I got in that bed, and I looked, and I was like, 
I get this for the rest of my life. And then I was like, I'm about to go to bed so I can have some energy. <laughs> and we went to sleep. And then we woke up in the morning. Yeah. May 2nd was, May 2nd, 1999 was, I, I found the Garden of Eden and I haven't left since. Yeah. So, Tim, I have two questions for you. Yes, sir. Um, number one is um, when we give our life to Christ, we're your new, where the old us has gone and a new person is born, right? Yes, sir. How, you, earlier you alluded to old Timmy wanted to come back. Yeah. How do you shut old Timmy up? Crucify him. Yeah, I got to cruci- crucify him. So, so, um, uh, here's the thing about the flesh. Actually, let me read you a verse because it'll make more sense if, if you have it in context. So uh, Romans 8, there's this, no, 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 I'm sorry, Romans 7. There's this, no, it is Romans 8. Romans 8, um, let me start at, uh, I'll start at verse 5, okay? Uh, Paul writes, uh, those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Here it is, verse, verse 7. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. <laughs> That's the verse, homie. Your sinful nature never is going to obey God's will. It's going to always be hostile towards God. So that means, the reason why I said crucify, because I have to literally pin my flesh to the cross, philosophically. I have to render myself dead. I have to remind myself that I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ that lives on the inside of me. Galatians 2.20, right? And guess what's going to happen the next day when I wake up? Your flesh is Jason, fam. It is Freddy Krueger. It is Michael Myers. You put a chainsaw into the cranium, run, jump in your car. You get ready to pull off on the side of the lake. This dude's standing in front of your truck. Right? Why? Because the sinful nature... Is always going to be hostile towards God. It is always going to be angry towards God. It is never going to obey. You can go on a fast for 100 days. When you come off, guess what's going to happen? Your flesh is going to be like, so what are we getting, getting, what are we getting into? You can turn on praise and worship for six hours. Guess what happens as soon as you turn it off? What are we getting into? So you have to crucify it, and that has to be something that you do over and over, and it has to be a discipline. There's certain things that I do with my life and certain things I don't do with my life for one reason and one reason only. I don't trust my flesh. I don't trust my flesh. Point blank, period. Uh, uh, there, there was a, um, when I was a young adult pastor, uh, I was a young adult pastor for four years. And uh, in those four years, I was attracted to uh, three women. And so... Uh, after I met with them, because they were counseling sessions, and when you have 750 people that you're pastoring, you don't know who's coming in until they come in. They walk through the door. 
I reckon I'm attracted to him. My snap. Well, praise God. You wow. I didn't even know you were in my young adult ministry. Never seen you before, right? I recognize that I'm attracted. Attraction is not a sin. My reaction to my attraction can become a sin. So what am I going to do next? Well, I can't cancel the counseling session. She just got here and she has no context to my attraction. I do. Right? So let me pause and say this. You never have to worry about the person you're attracted to. You only have to be a word worried. No, no. You never have to worry about the person that's attracted to you. That's not going to be your biggest temptation. Your biggest temptation is the person you're attracted to. So, um, they walk out. Uh, so I do the counseling session. They walk out. And then I call my admin in and say, I can never meet with them again. And they're like, oh, my God, what, what happened? What did they do to you? I said, they did nothing to me. God bless their parents. <laughs> they, they, they made a real one, right? This person's gorgeous. They made a real one, right? This person's gorgeous. And um, it doesn't behoove me to meet with them again because I shouldn't look forward to my counseling session. I'm going to play myself if I, oh, no, ain't nothing going to happen between us. And she's just beautiful. And, nah, fam, stop playing. Now, maybe somebody's more disciplined than I am. Maybe somebody's purer than I am. I don't know. But I just know me. And I know this. I know God's, God's gifted me to communicate. If I can bring somebody to Jesus, I could probably bring somebody to my hotel room. Salute. Fam, let, let, me just, let me just go there real quick because I think a lot of people play themselves and think that the enemy won't get you to turn the gift God gave you to something that makes you feel good. The first temptation that, that was given to Jesus in Matthew chapter number four was the temptation to turn stones into bread. He wanted him, Satan wanted Jesus to fulfill a legitimate desire in an illegitimate way. Turn these stones into bread. Use the gifting that you have from God. Use the miraculous power you have as God in the flesh and turn these stones. You're the word in flesh. You can make anything, anything. You turned nothing into something because you said so. So turn this stone into bread because you're hungry. Jesus' response is, you cannot tempt the Lord thy God. What is he telling them? Yes, I am hungry, but I will not use my power to fulfill a legitimate desire in an illegitimate way. Delayed gratification, right? Okay, so that girl's attractive. I have to bone her? Really? That's the jump? That's the leap. The leap is not I can't admire her beauty. The leap is I must now have sex with her? Let me t I'm going to tell you why there's such a big, we are complicating um, uh, the opportunity for brothers and sisters to have relationships in Christ. Brothers and sisters in Christ. We are literally complicating that relationship because we've reduced everybody down to a penis and a vagina. So I can't have a sister in Christ. I can't say she's beautiful. I can't esteem I can't esteem her and celebrate how God has wired her. I can't even celebrate her femininity without oh my goodness, I don't want nobody to think I want to have sex with her fam. Do you know do you do, God kind of made sex intimate. It's not something you can accidentally fall into.
It, it, it's like you, you can't. And the next thing you know, we were having sex. That it's utterly impossible. I can walk down this street right here, and the next thing you know, get shot. Like, doo, doo, doo. I was just walking. Next thing you know, I got shot. I could be crossing the street, and the next thing you know, I get hit by a bus. Right? Because somehow buses are just like ninjas. You know, nobody sees a bus coming until they get hit by one, right? But I can't be walking down the street and the next thing you know I was having sex with a girl. That's just not the way it's set up. Right? So, but in church, we've made, we've put all these parameters because we're all afraid. Oh, if a guy and a girl are together, they're probably going to have sex. We got to stop that. So please don't go to lunch with each other. Take separate cars. Go out in broad daylight and wear a sign that says, I'm single. Me too. Don't touch me and I won't touch you. <laughs> I just made that rhyme up. <laughs> <laughs> I am single. Me too. Don't touch me and I won't touch you. I am single. Me too. Don't touch me and I won't touch you. And, and, and so now we can't have brothers and sisters. Do you know how I have so many guy sisters that are beautiful? I have never thought one time, ooh, I wish I could have sex with her. First of all, Vomitville. Oh, that is, that's my sister. Ugh. It's disgusting. I'm just trying to get over the fact of that. But they're beautiful. And, and I can call them beautiful without it meaning I low-key want to have sex with I'm telling you, we're jacking up the relationships we're supposed to be having in the body because we've reduced everybody down to a penis and a vagina. And we think that by keeping us away from each other, we're going to keep each other from having sex. But people that want to have sex with each other are going to have sex with each other. I don't care what parameters you put in place. Look, look, look what happens in the Catholic church. The priests are supposed to be celibate. The nuns are supposed to be celibate. Are they celibate? Right? They are covert perverts because you never gave them permission to satisfy their sexual desires in a biblical way. You, you're not showing more fidelity to God because you don't have sex. If you find yourself single and you're not married and you have a high sex drive, you and the Holy Spirit and this Bible is going to have to be your governor. If you are in a marriage and you're in, 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 and you have a high sex drive, you're still gonna need the Bible and the Holy Spirit to be a governor so that you don't have sex with anybody else but your spouse. So the discipline goes all the way around, and when we try to, we keep putting these parameters in place and we think we're keeping people safe, and we're actually inflaming people. And that's why you have all these people getting caught having sex, right? Because we're trying to keep your code and be in this community, but we're not talking straightforward about these issues. And because we're not, people keep messing up. People in the basement don't have these have these issues. And I, I'm talking about I, I, the basement's two, two, two months old, right? Shout out to the 60,000 subscribers. Salute. Shout out to the 60,000 subscribers. We, we are 60,000 deep just on YouTube alone. Yeah, just YouTube. But we're like 75,000 deep if we if we include iTunes and, and Spotify. So salute to 
75,000 strong. We out here. Let me tell you something. Before the Lord told me to bring the, but the basement public, these are the conversations I have with my mentees and, and the people I disciple privately, male and female. I've got the calls at 2 o'clock in the morning from a person crying because they just had sex in a hotel, and they love Jesus, and they fail. And I'm like, it's okay. Pick yourself up. Here's how you're not going to get played to doing that again. And they don't do it again. You know why? Because we walked them through it. We walked them through it. I've been a believer who had sex and wasn't married. I know what that feels like. And I know how to stop it. Not because I'm a theorist and I, you know, it's like, in theory, here's how you should do. I've always been moral and I've always been pure. No, I found, I found this out by trial and error. I know, I, I know what I'm talking about. I'm looking dead in the camera. I know what I'm talking about. This is tried and tested. 47 years of living, 26 years of being a believer in Jesus Christ. I know humanity. If you don't want to have sex before you get married, holla at me. I know how to, I can put you a foolproof plan of how you will never have sex again until you get married. If you take a vow of celibate, I will teach you how to never have sex and be single for the rest of your life. I know how to do it. I know how to do it. If Juliet died today, you wouldn't catch me on the news. I wouldn't be in Christianity today. Tim found on the down low with an escort. It ain't happening, fam. And that ain't pride. I'm just telling you, I, I know my flesh. And I have an accountability circle that when I fall, they the first to know. I don't have no secrets. The reason why y'all keep falling, because you, you, you keep secrets. You don't want real accountability. That's your issue. You don't want no accountability. And because you don't want no accountability, you keep falling. Because you won't let somebody into that place, not to keep you on parole, but to let you have a, a measure of vulnerability that will keep you authentic. I don't believe in accountability that really is just masquerading as parole. I don't, wanna, I don't want a parole officer. I don't want to check in every Friday and tell somebody I looked at a butt. I went to Pornhub. That's, a, that, that's parole. No, in a relationship, you're just like, yo, man, I'm tempted today. This one of them days that if I don't open my mouth, I'm going to be in front of a screen with my penis in my hand. And if this makes you log off, you ain't ready to be down in the basement. I'm telling you, go back up to the lobby or go to the 100th floor and play whatever game you want to play that doesn't allow you to have a truthful narrative. But if you came down here, you came down here because you want to be vulnerable. Vulnerability is our superpower down here. This is how we live down here. And I'm telling you, we wouldn't have as many people falling if they got an opportunity to say, I'm attracted to my admin. Nobody in the history of ever has ever had to uh, uh, step down from ministry because they wanted to bone their admin. In the same way, nobody has uh, been charged for capital murder for wanting to kill everybody in the mall. The thought ain't going to kill you. The act will. All right, let me give you Bible. I'm frisky today, y'all. If you feel my tone changing, that's that apostolic tone. That's how I get when I get, uh, when that apostolic thing pop off, I'll be like, mm-hmm. 
So this is James chapter number one. Uh, starting at the 13th verse. And remember, when you, are, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Here's the only abortion I support. Aborting your sin, baby. Temptations will give birth to sin, conceive. And if sin is allowed to grow, it will give birth to death. So you know how you terminate that sin pregnancy? Open your mouth. The common denominator of every moral failure is the inability to put those actions into words. It's communication. What's the first thing we know about God in Genesis chapter number one? He spoke. <laughs> That's the first thing we know is that he spoke. What's the first thing that happened to Adam and Eve after the conversation with Satan? They stopped speaking. If the serpent speaks to Eve... And then Eve speaks to Adam, and then Adam speaks to God, we still be naked. To this day. But the serpent spoke to Eve, and Eve didn't speak to Adam. She bit the fruit, handed it to Adam. He bit the fruit, and didn't talk to God. So then when God comes strolling through the garden in the cool of the day to have a conversation, they both hide. Everybody's still hiding in their little garden. But they're hiding amongst the trees when they should be outside of the trees managing the trees. People hide in what they should be managing when they don't want to confess what's going on in their hearts. Because I think if I tell you, you're not going to like me anymore. If I tell you, you're going to think I'm a pervert. If I don't care. Dude. Oh, the reason why I'm so passionate about this, I kept the secret for 11 years. I, I, I just want to give you all the origin story of where this comes from so you know how passionate I am on this. <sighs> I, got, I got sexually abused uh, by uh, a teenage boy that lived across the street from me when I was eight. My mom caught me watching porn when I was 19 on a big screen. This is old school porn. This ain't convenient tele, you know, telephone porn, you know, smartphone porn. This is VHS tape. You know what I mean? You know, and big screen, big model, you know, floor platform box, big uh, TV. And my mom, my mom catches me. Penis in hand. Watching porn. Tim, what are you? I'm trying to lean over to cover myself. I'm trying to pause the, 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 the tape at the same time. And if you pause it, you just pausing it on, on a scene. It ain't going off. You know, it was a hot mess, man. Right. So I have to go. It's super embarrassing. Oh, my God, I'm devastated. I, I pop the tape in the VHS and, and I go to the um, 
I throw in the trash and, and then I go to the bathroom trying to clean myself up and I'm like, man, I got a choice. If I make a left, I go down the hallway, go to my room. It's probably going to be an awkward three to five days, right? Mom's probably going to tell dad. He's probably going to have a conversation with me. But after maybe three to five days, it'll kind of be behind me. And I guess we'll just, I'll just try to hide better, right? Because it's been going on since I was 12. Or I make a right and I go into my mom's room and I tell her exactly why I'm watching porn. Because I know why I'm watching it. I'm not watching porn because I like porn. Porn's my medication to deal with my trauma. That's why I'm watching porn. Porn is a symptom. Cigarettes are a symptom. Weed is a symptom. Cocaine is a symptom. Heroin is a symptom. Molly is a symptom. <laughs> Jack Daniels? By the gallon, that's a symptom. That's not, it's not, the, it's not the root cause of anything. It's the fruit. It ain't the root. So I know it's the Holy Spirit because I wasn't saved yet, but the Holy Spirit gave me, he just, I think he just led me into my mom's room. And when I opened the door, my mom's cheeks were wet from crying. and She was on her knees praying for me. And just pays to have a good mama. And, uh, oh, man, I'm getting emotional. Anyway, ah. Uh, so I got in the room and I just said, um, hey, mom, I don't want you to think I'm dirty and I don't want you to think I'm a pervert. But I got I, I got molested by John John when I was eight. <sighs> it's probably the first time I took a deep breath since I was eight years old. I've been carrying a secret for 11 years. So I take this deep breath, and then my mom's like, of course, she starts crying more because the 8-year-old was in a 19-year-old body and finally got to say, Mommy, somebody hurt me. So then we wake up my younger brother. My younger brother 17 months younger than me. He got molested by the same dude. So now it's a family emergency at like 3 o'clock in the morning. My dad works nights at the post office. My mom calls him home from work, so now it's like maybe 3.45 in the morning. Uh, my mom says she got, she was sexually abused by her babysitters when she was six. And my dad was sexually abused by the owner of a comic book store when he was five years old. Tried to turn out my dad when he was five. And in one night, what should have been the most embarrassing day in my life was freedom for the whole family. That's why I don't care about getting exposed. If I ever fall, I'm going to look y'all right, right, right in the camera. If I ever fall, y'all going to be the first to know. After I tell my accountability, I'll come straight to the basement and tell y'all. You won't have to read it in the news. If I ever fall out, you'll be the first to know. I won't hide it. I ain't going to try to make no excuses for it. I will take any consequences that comes with it. But I'm telling you, when I, when I turned 19 and, and I told my mom what happened to me when I was eight, I, I swore that day I will never hold a secret for the rest of my life. I don't care how bad it makes me feel. I don't care how bad it makes me look. I will never have a secret another day in my life. You won't get me. You'll get somebody else, fool. You ain't going to get me. So I don't have no secrets. And th this, is why I can, that, this is why I can speak with authority on this topic. Because I don't have no freaking secrets. I know what it is to keep one, and I know what it is to break that curse. And the moment you can put all of those actions into words, your soul is free. And once that freedom comes and you get a taste of that, you're like, I'm not going 
you can't pay me to go back to that. So when I see when I see friends of mine that fall, I'm like, dang it. He couldn't open his mouth. Dang it. The enemy played him into thinking that she couldn't open her mouth. That's all it is. And I have loads of empathy and grace. The only people I don't have empathy and grace for are people that won't own what they've done. When they blame shift like Adam did, which is original sin, right? When they blame, if it's the woman you gave me. Oh, the ministry got too hard. Don't blame it on nobody else, fam. Ministry's hard. Collecting garbage is hard, too. Shut up. I don't want to hear that crap. Oh, the pressures of being a pastor. The pressure, the pressure of being a customer service agent. The pressure of getting all these UPS packages delivered before my shift ends. You ain't the only one that got pressure. I, I, I'm just tired of pastors trying to act like they have a unique sense of pressure. <laughs> the pressure is relative to the call. It, cops got pressure. Doctors have pressure. One false move in the, in the brain tumor is death on the, the table. Everybody got pressure. Raising three kids single is pressure. Ooh, I'm, I'm not mad, y'all. I'm just, I just hate when the enemy tries to make you feel like, well, would try to make you have the excuse and build a narrative that nobody understands what you're going through. Okay, more Bible. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'll be here as long as he wants me to be. Y'all ready for why I don't care about your, I don't want to call it dumb. I, I'm so sorry. I'm, well, this is the basement. This is how I talk to my, this is how I talk to my mentees, okay? This is why I don't want no dumb excuses coming out of you. Uh, 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 1 Corinthians 10, 13. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. I'm going to stop right there. Let me give it to you in King James, because I got everything memorized in King James. You ready? There is no temptation that is overtaking you, but such as is common to man. Not unique, common. Oh, you, get, you got tempted to do something? Guess what God calls that? That's common to man. Everybody dealing with that. You ain't special. Well, you don't understand. I have a same-sex attraction, and oh, I can't be with the person I love. Common to man. <laughs> You don't understand me and my wife are in a rough place, and this is why I started flirting with my with, with, with the other sister in the church. Common to man. <laughs> you understand, you know, I don't get a lot of money, and so, you know, I work for the vending company, and I just, you know, I just put a little $100 to the side. They're not going to miss it. Common to man. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. There ain't nothing that you're saying that don't go into one of those three categories. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. The, the, the subcategories are endless. Jesus said I was tempted, that he was tempted, he didn't say it, but scripture says about Jesus, I want to make sure I get that right, that he was tempted in all points yet without sin. What are those three points? Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. When, would he, when was he tempted with those? In the wilderness. Turn the stone into bread, lust of the flesh. <laughs> Throw yourself down. No, 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 that's pride of life. And I'm sorry, lust of the eyes. Turn this stone into to bread, lust of the eye. No, 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 no. I want to make sure I get it right. Yeah, that's lust of the flesh, stone into bread. Throw yourself down is pride of life. And then the third one is I'll give you all the kingdoms. That's lust of the eye. He was tempted in all three points, yet without sin. This is why he can be our, this is why he can be our intercessor and our advocate 
because he knows what it's like. He was tempted just like us, but he overcame those temptations that we fall into. The subcategories are endless, but you can't name me something you're going through in humanity, and I can't find you a category that is already in this Bible. So stop. Just stop. So it seems like the kryptonite is the creating a normalcy of speaking out. So practically, in a culture or in the world where it's not normal, yeah. To talk like this. Yeah. It's not normal. Everyone's going to have like that shock factor yeah. hearing this. Yeah. How, how can you help those who are scared, who now know, okay, I need to talk out, but man, there's no way, like, I don't have anyone, like, I'm terrified. Yeah. And they just, they don't know the practical steps. Absolutely. To move forward with it. Scrape, scrape up 75 to 150 bucks and go see a therapist. That's your cheat code. This, they're bound by their profession to not tell anyone what you told them. So if you can't trust anybody, cool. Scrape up $75, $150, and go see a therapist and dump everything. Start from four, whatever your earliest memory was. My daddy didn't hug me. He kicked me in the ribs, and I hate him, and I hate men. Okay, fine. You know what I'm saying? I got abused when I was nine years old and I watched gay porn. Okay, fine. Say that. But put words to it because the more time, the, the more you put words to it, the less you're, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay, let me slow down. Your body is waiting on your mouth to tell the truth about the experiences it's had with you. I'm trying to put y'all up on game for $9.99. Ain't that what Jay said? So I paid the 75 for counseling for that in specific. And uh, one of the moments was my counselor told me that I've betrayed my body and now my body doesn't trust my mind or my actions because I've been lying to my body this entire time, of which now I cannot communicate the thing that has happened to me, nor can I get through it because my body doesn't trust me. <laughs> hey! Thank you for proving what I just said, right? Your body's waiting for you to tell the truth about the experience you too have had, mm -hmm. right? Don't throw Jesus glitter over the trauma. I got sexually abused when I was eight, but God. Slow down. Just slow down. I know I didn't grow up with a, without a dad, but the Lord was my father. You cute. <laughs> you so cute. I'm so glad God was your father. And you have daddy issues. So you didn't miss you didn't miss your dad picking you up from school? You didn't miss him being in the stands for your game? Stop playing with your your body is looking at you like stop lying. This hurts. We're waiting for your mouth to say what we already feel. Which is why you have a stomach ulcer, which is why you get neck pain, which is why, because we keep manifesting in the body what you won't let come out of your mouth. And as soon as I let that out of my mouth, my body said, oh, he telling the truth. That's exactly what happened to us. Finally, he told the truth. So that's what we have to do. That's what we have to do. And if we don't do that, but bro, I'm glad you said that, Ron, because that's a... That's the thing. 
So just a few weeks ago, we had a moment at your dinner table, <laughs> and what was happening in my body beforehand, yeah. uh, my left eye started twitching. Yep. And for months was twitching and just twitching, and I couldn't get it to stop. And it was, for me in that moment, it was a financial stress that I was feeling. But I sh- kept my mouth shut about it, and I couldn't speak up. And then finally at that dinner table, man, I'm telling you, my left eye hasn't twitched since. Bro. <laughs> Confession is good for the soul. Point blank, right? And I remember, bro, you were, your body needed that. So so um, there's a study that shows that um, uh, tears, uh when you cry tears that come from pain and hurt, um, there's more protein in those tears than tears of anger. Tears of anger are, are, um, are way more runny and watery, and anger tears are not as thick. There's a viscosity to, to, the, to tears of hurt and pain uh, and there's more protein in them, and those those tears roll slower down your face than tears of anger. Get this. Those are the tears that give intrinsic signals to those around you to move towards you. It's hard to pass up somebody that's crying. I mean, if 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 your heart is, if you got any heart at all, you see somebody crying, it could be a stranger, you're like... Are you okay? Our tears were built to signal we need community. So that day at my dinner table, what happened? You started crying. I came, but I think Heck took a shot of it. I'm behind you, right? And I can feel this heat coming off of you, and you are like snot crying, right? And... Your body was able to release something because you finally put it in words, right? Feelings without words do, won't heal you, right? We, people that are, you know, our culture is like, she in her feelings. He's in his feelings. Well, if you're in a constant loop of your feelings and never label them, you'll never get out of them. The exit path to feelings are words. And your brain needs words to heal. I just want to prove that biblically. Uh, Please prove it biblically. <laughs> James 5.16, and I've been stuck on this. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for one another, but this is the key part, so that you may be healed. So it's communication and confession. With the additive of prayer, I believe that strikes healing. I just think it's hilarious that we pay people to talk, but in the talking is where the healing happens. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, I mean, trying to tell y'all, I'm trying to tell y'all, I've been saved for 26 years. I've been in counseling for 24 years, some form of counseling and or therapy. This is the reason why I can function. This is the reason why I, I pay, because there's levels to this, right? But you do it on the level you're on. I'm only giving this number just to let you know at my level, at 
based on the influence God has given me. This is what it takes at my level. Everybody is at different levels, but I don't want to be, if we're in the basement, I'm not going to be afraid to talk numbers with you, right? So I pay between, uh, right now I pay about 14 grand a year on my mental health. Between my executive coaching coaching and my uh, individual therapy with my, with my um, uh, therapist that walks me through EMDR, pay about 14 grand a year for my mental health. Now, LeBron James pays a million dollars on his body, but this is why he can play at 38 years old like he's 28, right? God gave me this influence in order for me to in, in order for me to steward this influence well, I, I can't do what I was doing 10 years ago and think that's going to get me by, right? So my biblical IQ has to be higher, not for terms of debate, but for me. I read my Bible for me. I don't read my Bible to debate with you. I don't read my Bible to fight with you, right? A, a, a dear sister in the Lord uh, uh, sent a DM saying that I twist, twist scripture. And I told, her, I told her three things. Stop listening to me immediately because I, I, I clearly don't edify you. Second thing is pray for me because I'm I'm still I'm still growing and and she might be right maybe she's right I don't know and and, and then number three if you want to have a conversation come to the basement because I can't go back and forth with you in a DM right but but I read the Bible so that I will be okay my, I read my Bible for my own mental health not to preach I can preach you can roll me out of the bed at three o'clock in the morning I can get a sermon that's when you do this this is what you do. Right? You can wake up LeBron James at 3 o'clock in the morning. He can shoot a three. When you know how to do this, this is what you do. Why do you keep doing it? Well, I keep doing this from myself. I ain't doing it to get no sermons. I dang sure ain't doing it to get engagements. I read the Bible because the Bible is essential to my mental health. What's also essential to my mental health is executive coaching and having somebody that I can walk through life with and unpack all aspects of my life, not just my trauma. So that's the other thing. Once you, once you get a good management on your trauma, then you can start unpacking the other stuff in your life. Here, here's how I want my marriage to be. Here's the goals I want to set with my kids. Here's the goals I want to set with my, with my family. Here's the goals I want to set with my public persona. So I, I, I get therapy on my whole life holistically. I, I haven't been in therapy for 24 years going, I got touched by a man. <laughs> No, I've, I've got to the core trauma of that. The two core traumas that came out of that sexual abuse were attachment and abandonment issues. Great. I know how to deal with that now. When my body starts acting up, I'm like, oh, I must feel detached and I must feel like I'm abandoned. That's the only reason why I'm being triggered to do this, that, or the other. So um, thanks for that word. That's the life hack. First, first John chapter 1 says, confess your sins to God because he's faithful and just to forgive you. And, and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So when we confess to God, we get cleansing and we get forgiveness. But it's only when we confess to others that we get healed. So I know a lot. Of, I know. I know guys that guys and girls that went years preaching and doing stupid stuff on the side, never got caught. And you go, how were they still anointed? How were they? God still used them through all of that. Yeah, they they were confessing their sins to the Lord in private. 
They just never got healed. He he kept washing the mud off of them, but it finally got exposed because they never they never told anybody. Jimmy Swagger was boning prostitutes after like major revivals. Folks were getting saved all over the place. Right? But he ne he could go to God with it, but he was afraid to come to you. He was afraid to come to us. He was, and, oh, let me say this before I move on. These, I question the friendships that these guys and girls are into if it ends with you falling on your face. That ain't your friend. That's your acquaintance. You didn't have a friend. If you if you couldn't tell me, if you say we friends and you can't tell me that, hey, bro, oh, this is fine chick. Me and my wife are in a bad place. We've been sleeping in separate beds. I'm thinking of risking it all. If you can't tell me that, you ain't my friend. I might be an acquaintance, but we ain't friends. Because we were friends, you would have told me. That's just bottom line. So I think a lot of these guys got church buddies, and it's all for appearances. But you ain't got no friends because here, here's how I know that they're not your friends. They was as shocked as we were when, when it was found out you did what you did. So if these was your boys and they didn't know, then y'all ain't boys. Y'all were Instagram buddies. Y'all were, were the public rat pack without the private vulnerability. And I don't want no friend like that. So there's that. I just wanted to add that for real, for real, everything that you're speaking right now is straight facts. Like I've lived that. Mm. Um, at 12 years old, I had a 20 year old woman that took advantage of me. Yep. And in my, in my mind, we, we were gonna get married. You know, well, like in of my, course, in, absolutely. In, in How twelve year old? Absolutely, mind. yeah, absolutely. Um, and when when that didn't happen, it just led to this major resentment. And from that moment, from twelve years old on, my goal was just to smash. Yep. Like me and my best friend started the shallowest crew in high school called the Beat Guts Crew, and we that was our goal was to smash. Wow. Um, and I carried that with me for 26 years. Wow. 26 years I went through that. And I've been saved since I was 19. Yep. I'm 39 now. Yep. And it wasn't until December of this last year where I, the Holy Spirit just placed this heaviness in my heart. <clears throat> Sorry. It's, it's great. Where it was like, I got so many things that are so much better for you. And you got to give this to me. Yep. So I gave it to him. I had a conversation with Nicole, my wife, about my addiction to pornography. Yeah. Because after me and her got serious, yep. I was like, I'm not sleeping around anymore. But yep. yeah, 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 yeah. I, I medicated with pornography. Yep. I told my wife, and that was the hardest conversation I've ever, ever had to tell her, ever had with anybody. Yep. Um, and the whole accountability thing, I called my cousin Sam. And... My dude, Sam, is 30 years old, but he's been 
in his Bible since yeah. seven years old. No yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, this yeah, dude, yeah. Uh, he's uh, he's a youth leader at, uh, or he's starting to be a youth leader at Redemption, uh, Redemption Church in San Jose. Okay. Um, but without that accountability, without me being able to have Sam on speed dial, there is no way I would have made the progress. For that sure. I've made now. Absolutely. And it's impossible by yourself. Yeah, it is. There's it, no way to do this by yourself. It really is. And the healing that I've experienced from that, like I carried that for so long. And on top of that, like I love my parents. They were good parents to me, yeah, but there yeah. was, a, there was a lot of resentment there yeah. that I never told them about. Yeah, for sure. But once I gave the most shameful part of my life fully to the Lord and exposed it, then the Holy Spirit said, okay, now I can work with you. Let, hold on. You still got th these issues with your parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's work these out. And now mine and my parents' relationship could not be any better. And I that's real talk. Dude, that's that's beautiful. This, this is the, what I love is that I'm not sitting here in a room by myself. You know what I mean? Like, literally, we got people co-signing on it in the room. And it's like, yo, I'm trying, listen, man, listen, I'm on assignment. We are on assignment. When I say we, I mean all of us, whether you watch or listen or do both, 60K, 75K, 100K, whatever this, whatever this is, I believe God wants people in the basement who normalize this type of conversation, who can talk this straightforwardly about the things that we're experiencing in culture. I am sick and tired of watching people that love Jesus get trapped in debilitating sins and the only reason is because they felt too much shame to say what they were into. That's heartbreaking. I don't want to see that happen. I don't want to see. We, I, you can't shock me, fam. We got over 600 people, right, that filled out that form. We got over 600 people that fill out the form to be on the basement. You can't come here and shock me. There ain't nothing you can tell me that I'm going to be, oh, my God, you did what? A dog licked your butt. <laughs> what? Huh. I can't. Huh. Well, wow. I don't know how God's going to redeem that. That's outside the scope of his grace. That blood was, it wasn't for I'm so sorry, but I, I think that was God's limitation. I don't, I don't think he, I don't think he had enough blood to cover a dog licking your butt. Right. Come on, man. We're just broken people trying to figure it out. I, I can't tell you the stuff I did growing up just trying to figure it out, man, please. So let's, if we can normalize this, if this is our, if this is our normal, if we can talk about this kind of stuff without somebody seeing the 90-second clip of it and going, he's just a pervert. 
just wants to talk about sex. You don't talk about it. That's why you think it's perverted because you haven't normalized a conversation around sex at all. I'm just saying what you think. Stop playing. Anyway. <laughs> Salute. <laughs> Thanks for that. Can we talk about shame real fast? Please. So, literally, me and Hector, Hector took me out to L.A. Mm-hmm. and introduced me to one of his friends, and it literally changed my life on shame. Mm. Up until that moment, I was crippled mm. by shame mm. because of the things that I've done in my life and the way that it led me. Yep. We started talking, and we were talking about the woman caught in adultery. Yeah. And you please correct me if I'm wrong in this yeah. because I am like, it's a new revelation that happened for me. So yeah. it might be completely wrong, Kay. but I'm willing to listen. Yeah, for sure. Um, in that conversation, we were talking about the fact that Jesus, after the drawing of the sand, told the woman, where are your accusers? Do they not accuse you anymore? Yeah. Neither do I. Mm-hmm. And then he says, go and sin no more. Mm-hmm. And so I asked George, I was like, hey, can you define sin for me? Mm. And he was like, honestly, I think it can be broken down into whatever's bringing distance in your heart to God mm. in you mm. or, or uh, mentally, because you can't really have the distance. It just makes you feel like you're distant from God. Yep. And so I then said, George, can you tell me if I'm correct in thinking this then? Is shame sin? Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, I think I think you can define shame as sin and that you feel distant from God. And so for me, that opened up so much because I'm seeing now Jesus talking to this woman has already forgiven the sin that she's being accused of, mm-hmm. the public sin. Mm-hmm. And then he tells her, go and sin no more. Mm-hmm. And in my personal opinion, I feel like he's he's directing that at the shame she's feeling now because her very private life has now become very public. Yep. And she's sitting in it. Yep. And he's saying, take this from this space, walk away from here, and don't take the shame with you. Yes. Go and sin no more. That's right. So I'm I'm getting this verse real quick. Uh where is it? Knows to do right. Hold on. Get Logos as an app for your phone. It will bless your whole life. That was a shameless plug for Logos. And they're not even a sponsor yet. Um, oh, this is in King James. I'm so sorry. I got to go to King Jimmy. Oh, I'll find it in a minute. Uh, hold on, maybe if I add that word. Um, to him that knows to do right. Yeah, James, uh, James, uh, four seventeen. I, I knew it was somewhere in there. All right, so let me just let me let me pull that up real quick, cause it's so dope. Oh, James, we're coming back to you, James. James four seventeen. Yep, uh, James four seventeen. This is uh, 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 NLT. Remember, it it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. 
right? So let's just say the woman caught in adultery didn't know adultery was wrong. I think we know that she knew it was wrong. Um, but when he says go and sin no more, he's going, you are now fully aware of the consequences that could have happened to you. Don't let this happen again. Because I might not be around. Now, the woman who caught in adultery is an incredibly um, uh, uh, it's an incredibly interesting scenario because I don't know how you catch a woman and only bring a woman. I, I don't know how you catch a woman in adultery by herself. That's not a thing. So she was actually, she was definitely in there with a dude. How did that dude not make it? This is, this is a very, the only, is that me? That's crazy. Um, the, on, the, the, only, the, the only thing I can come up with for how she's there by herself is we, we protect men and their vices in a way we don't protect women. I'm going to say something, and I'm ready for the smoke. The majority of these women that wind up mistresses of these men, talking about in church in particular, I ascribe more responsibility to the man than the woman. Point blank, period. Um, if you're in a position of power and influence, it's just much easier to take advantage of a situation than if you didn't have that power and or said influence. Um, I am a steward of the gifts that God gave me. I am a steward of the influence that God gives me. And if I don't steward it correctly, I could use said influence and power to benefit and gratify myself. It'd be too easy to do. Um, and so a lot of these women get called homewreckers and Jezebels when the man is the homewrecker and the Jezebel. He put this girl in this situation. She wasn't checking for him like that. He put the seed in there. He used his power. He used his influence. He comes up. And, and here's the thing. Uh, uh, Satan is so stupid. Uh, well, well, the listeners to the enemy, are, 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 they just get dumb in the brain. Because I've heard the narrative over and over again. The, the, the woman will say, well, he's, you know, we started talking and then, started telling me he was having problems in his marriage and that him and his wife are not on good terms. And it's just, you know, that, that he can talk to me in a way that he can't talk to his wife. And then, you know, from there, you, you know, he was saying that he was going to get a divorce from her anyway. And it's the same. I'm talking about from here to Bangladesh, <laughs> Latin America to Singapore. You sit down, it's the same story. Why? The enemy is the same every single time. And he starts to play this stupid game 
And so I just want to say to uh, any women that have been involved, I, I, my, I have a God sister that told me that I was the first pastor that never wanted to sleep with her. Ever. Her body was safe with me. Her mind was safe with me. Her sexuality was safe with me. You know why? I wasn't going to use the influence God gave me to benefit me. Anybody attracted to me is going straight to Jesus. <laughs> Anybody attracted to me, I'm passing them straight off to Jesus. Hey, I would like to tell you who my boss is. Right? I don't. I don't, I'm not, I'm not about to sit up here and entertain. Well, what do you do if a girl likes you? Well, nothing. Again, I, I'm not tempted by girls that like me. The ones I watch out for are the ones I'm attracted to. That's what I tell everybody I disciple and mentor. You, you ain't got to worry about the, 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 the person that likes you. You, you, you got to worry about the person you like. That's the one that'll kill you. So if I find out somebody likes me, once that's clear, once that's clear, well, the relationship's over. If there's even a relationship, if just somebody just passing by and says something like, oh, you're just really handsome or you smell good. Oh, thank you. But I'm going to entertain. Oh, yeah. It's just a scent I've been wearing from Nordstrom's. Like, well, come on, man. What are we doing? I, th I just think too many people... They, they, they trust, thank you, Holy Spirit. Y'all trust yourself too much. You think because you have a prayer life, your flesh won't put you in a chokehold. You stupid. You stupid. You playing, you dumb. You dumb. You, you good dumb. You lead a prayer group and you don't think you're going to get horny. You, you dumb dumb. That's a, that's a special kind of dumb. You, you, you got to kill your flesh every day, man. My, my most vulnerable times is after I preach. That's when I got to go into lockdown. All of heaven just opened up. Word of knowledge done flew out of my mouth, and I'm speaking prophetically, and, and, and God's using me to preach this message. When I get done, Satan's like, want to have some fun? I'm like, man, nah. Let me go straight to my room, you know what I mean, and not turn on the TV and put praise and worship music on my phone because if I put praise and worship music on, I won't turn it off to watch porn. It's a life hack, man. I'm trying to put you up on game. I'm trying to, practical stuff. I'm not just going to tell you, man, just go home and just pray, man. You know, like, that's why I elaborated on the crucifixion. What does crucifixion look like? Crucifixion looks like you better put yourself in a jail cell. Know thyself. Know what you can handle and know what you can't handle. If you can't go out by yourself, always take somebody with you. It's just you got to know you. You got to know you. I know people that got accountability on their phone and will send a, uh, you know, uh, uh, email off to somebody else and they got another app that the phone doesn't register and they can look at porn on that. If you, you can do, you can get around whatever you want to do. This comes down to if you want to do this. You can have all the parameters and, and boundaries in the world and you can jump right over them. So I'm not saying don't put boundaries. I'm saying Put the boundaries and know when you're going to jump over them and tell somebody that. Because I've seen people jump over the boundary and then jump back in the boundary. 
if Krispy Kreme is your temptation, take the long way home. <laughs> Stop driving the route that takes you right past the Krispy Kreme. With the hot and fresh sign in the window. Hot donuts. Fresh glaze. Beer and ticker, beer, beer. I just made that so inappropriate. It's just a donut, folks. Okay, anyway. So, all right, man. I'm done. <laughs> Yo, I'm done. Like, no, I felt this thing. Like, like honestly, oh. there's, a, there's, a, there's a shift right here. Like, I feel it in me. Like, I'm, all of that new podcasting thing is off me. His safety's off now. I'm not watching my mouth. I'm not, I'm not, this is the way I talk. The Holy Spirit told me, I need you to talk publicly the way you talk privately to your disciples and mentees. This is how I talk. And I know I'm not for everybody. So if I'm not for you, I'll, we'll, we'll get you a list of other podcasters that love Jesus that might be more appropriate for you. But if you rocking with me in the basement, this is, this is, this is how we get down. This is how we get down. And if, if this, is, this might be uncomfortable for you at first, this level of vulnerability might be off-putting. Um, uh, you may categorize it as crass, um, but I, I'm, a, I'm a straight shooter. This is what this is. This is how we live. This is how we, st this is how we stay free. Righteousness, we, we don't work for righteousness. He gave us righteousness. But freedom, this is how we stay free. And we stay free because we open up, our, open up our mouth. We talk about everything. We don't let nothing come in between us and vulnerability, uh, accountability, transparency, authenticity. That's the way we live our life. It's the basement. I love you guys. Holla.